I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Friday, July 8th. Welcome to Not Gambling Advice. It's almost the weekend. I'm Peter Apple. That's Colby Olson. We have a phenomenal episode planned for you. We are looking at some fantasy pitchers to stream over the weekend. Colby's birthday is on Saturday, and a lot of our pitchers are pitching on Saturday. But we're also going to look at the NL Rookie of the Year voting as well as the AL Rookie of the Year voting and make some live bets. But of course, it's not gambling advice sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code just baseball in order to get a full deposit match on Prize Picks. We have five locked in, loaded, ready to go on my Twitter at PeterApple23. But right now, let's talk a little bit about San Diego because I'm looking like a fresh chocolate chip cookie with my bronze face. Just got back from San Diego. Colby just arrived in San Diego. Colby, we're excited for your birthday. We're excited to talk pictures, but tell us about that awesome shirt that you just bought. Yeah, we're staying two blocks away from Petco Park. I'm actually going to the game on Saturday. A showdown between Carlos Rodon and you, Darvish. Should feel like a playoff game. I've never been to Petco. I've heard amazing things, so I'm excited about that. But I went over to the team store today, and I got this sick MLB Jam Look at that. shirt. You know NBA Jam? And it's Machado and Tatis with their hit tool, power tool, run tool, and, and fielding grade. I will say, you know, there, there's going to be people on YouTube that can see it. But for anybody that's listening right now, I, I must say it's a little offensive that Tatis's power is not like all the way full. Right. Agreed. Agreed. It is offensive. But can he get on the field, please? What's his what's his motorcycle riding? Great. That's what I want to know. But anyways, this is going to be a fun episode, man. We got some deep cut streamers for the weekend to help you you know finish off this week you know clearly we usually do the waivers and streamers at the beginning of the week but i think it actually can be most helpful sometimes at the end of the weekend right maybe you're you're down in k numbers you're down in era and you need like that last ditch effort to win your week and this is kind of the 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 effort we're going to give today to give you two streamers that i think can can really boost your team to the weekend i agree and why don't i just start with my first streamer because this guy is only owned in 4% of leagues right now because, like Colby said, we're going to give you some deep cuts. It doesn't make sense to give you Shane McClanahan against the Reds because, of course, Shane McClanahan is probably going to shove, but he's definitely owned. But you know who's not owned? Kyle Freeland of the Colorado Rockies. And the reason I'm targeting Kyle Freeland against the Arizona Diamondbacks and Madison Bumgarner is straight for one well, uh, multiple reasons, but the big reason is I think he can get a win against the Diamondbacks, and I'm going to tell you why. First, we know that the Rockies can beat up on lefties. That's already that's set in stone. Are they better in Coors Field? Absolutely. But what can the Rockies do? They can hit a lefty. And against Madison Bumgarner, they've had prior success against him. But let's talk about this Arizona lineup for a second, because this Arizona lineup over the past two weeks they have a 77 WRC plus in over 150 at-bats with a 25% strikeout rate. Kyle Freeland, while he's not the sexiest option in the world, especially at Coors Field, because he can get kind of rocked in Coors Field. But what is Kyle Freeland good at? Pitching on the road. He's got an ERA under 3.5 on the road this year. Last year, same 
deal. If I'm ever going to target a Colorado Rockies pitcher on the road, I really do like Kyle Freeland. Normally, that sentence is reserved for Herman Marquez, but Herman Marquez has not deserved that this year. You know who has? Kyle Freeland on the road against an Arizona lineup that has not been hitting left-handed pitching. They just haven't been hitting left-handed pitching at all. And when we query those stats to look at how they are at home, it gets way worse. Small sample, 96 plate appearances. Decent, though. You know, it's not 15 plate appearances. It's not 50. It's almost 100, and it drops to a 55 WRC plus with a 28.7% strikeout rate. You're getting Arizona at one of their worst spots with Kyle Freeland, who's had the most success on the road this year. And I think that he could walk away with a win on top of a nice quality start there from Kyle Freeland. Colby, thoughts on Kyle Freeland? And then give me your fantasy guy. Got you, man. So Kyle Freeland got five years, $64.5 million, not to pitch at Coors Field. He got that to pitch on the road against... Teams that can't hit lefties, man. He has a 3.9 career ERA on the road. I'm liking this pick, man. I'm liking this pick a lot because, you know, pitchers out of cores. It's a good matchup against that Arizona Diamondbacks lineup that cannot hit lefties. They really just can't hit anything right now. I'm going to get into mine because I went through one option at the beginning of this. Nick Lodola, who's 20% owned. You know, a top prospect for the Reds. He's gotten a ton of buzz this season, but he was on the IL. Just made his first start back off of the IL. But I'm actually going to tell you why I chose to stay away from him, and then I'm going to give you my pick. Love so it. Nick Lodolo dazzled in his first start back, man. Four, four and a two-thirds innings, three hits, three walks, which, you know, all right. 8K, zero earned runs in that span. That's crazy. And then this Sunday, he gets the Rays at home, and that's just the problem, right? The Rays offense isn't a killer, but they're just getting Wander Franco back. But the problem is, I cannot trust any pitcher, even Luis Castillo, when they're pitching in Great American Ballpark, man. Cincinnati Reds pitchers have a 5.63 ERA at home this season. That's the worst among any team at home in baseball. Luis Castillo who's been amazing this year, 4.18 ERA at home, 2.25 ERA on the road. So I just cannot trust any pitcher right now in Great American Ballpark. I think that's more than fair. But Luis Castillo, if you're going to trust one, he's probably the guy. But again, more likely than not, Shane McClanahan's going to give the Rays the win in Great American Ballpark. But it will be somewhat of a tough test because Brandon Drury, is a lefty killer. A lot of the guys in the Reds lineup have performed better against lefties this year, which is a far cry away from last year. But let's hear about your pick because you talk, maybe stay away from Nick Lodolo a little bit because of the Great American Ballpark factor. And we were talking pre-record. Great American Ballpark is worse than Coors Field, isn't it? By park factor, it is worse than Coors Field right now. And yeah, I mean, making the jump from Coors Field to out of Coors Field, I think is worse. Yes. Um, but, you know, in the cur- in the stadium, yes, Great American Ballpark is the worst, you know, pitcher's ballpark in the league. Yes. So my pick is the deepest of deep cuts, but I'm really, really excited about it because I believe in it a lot. So Braxton Garrett of the Miami Marlins, right? We've given out a ton of Marlins pitchers this year. And Braxton Garrett is definitely not one of them, right? Garrett has a 20% K rate this year, 5% walk rate, 4.25 ERA, 
a 3.88 XERA and a 3.14 FIP. And then his last start, PD, really broke out against the Nationals. He went seven innings pitched, four Ks, allowed just four hits, one walk, and one run. He's really, really shaved that walk percentage. When he first came in the league, it was around 10%. Now he's shaved it down to you know near 5%. I said 5%, it was 5.4%. And he's getting a ton of ground balls right now, 45% ground ball rate. He gets the Mets this weekend, and that's what I really, really like. I not only like Braxton Garrett, but I like that he gets the Mets because the Mets don't hit lefties. The Mets have a 103 WRC plus against lefties this year. That's just the 18th best WRC plus against lefties in baseball. Pete Alonzo, MVP candidate. You'd be surprised, but he actually does not hit lefties that well. This year, he has a 163 WRC plus versus righties, a 117 WRC plus versus lefties for his career, that is. 142 WRC plus versus righties, a 129 WRC plus versus lefties. So the career numbers back it up. Obviously, he's been a little bit worse this year against lefties than his career. The other thing is, is Lindor does not hit well from the right side, who's a switch hitter, right? When he's facing a righty sitting from the left side, he hits better, a 117 WRC plus from the left side, a 98 WRC plus from the right side. So you, you give the Mets their best hitters. They're actually at a disadvantage, Right. And Braxton Garrett, who's actually looked really sharp, I think he gives you a good whip, a good ERA, and possibly a win in this one. So Braxton Garrett already faced the Mets this year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or maybe he he did, right? And what I do remember from his start is that he was cruising through the early innings. And then I think he had a blow up in, I think it was either the fourth or the fifth inning, if you could stat check me there. That's just from my memory. I think that's what happened to Braxton Garrett. And that's been the problem with Braxton Garrett through the early goings. First inning looks great. Maybe a nerfy option in that game. I think it's entirely possible. But once he goes three times through the lineup, that's when the Mets started to get to him. But what we did see in the early goings of that start was Braxton Garrett against the Mets offense looking really good. What my hope is for Braxton Garrett is that he can then make that adjustment right through the third time through the order. My only thing is, will he make that adjustment? I think he's going to give you four strong. I'm worried about the fifth inning. I'll be honest. But then again, I, these are guys just went seven and a third. That's what I'm saying too. And the, and a lot of these guys, I mean, these guys are owned in what, what's Braxton Garrett owned in right now? Because Kyle Freeland's owned in 4.3% of leagues is Braxton Garrett owned in a league. He is owned in 1% of Yahoo leagues. He's owned in point 0.7% of ESPN leagues. So no, he's not owned anywhere. And I think that's kind of the enticing option here, right? This is a guy that this is your last ditch effort this weekend, especially in if you're in a 12 man league and you have a streaming like, you know, slot that you play a lot. I think he's worth this stream, man. Right. I really think so. And who's he going to face um, against the Mets on that day? Right. Yes, he is facing the Mets. I no, no, I'm in. Oh, who's the opposing pitcher? I know. I know. Let me look. Let me look. I should have had this cue, but. You know, what's funny. Braxton Garrett's in the 97th percentile in chase rate. So he gets. Carlos Carrasco, who has been cherry bomb central as of late, Pete, in his last five starts, he has a 7.71 ERA. He has not been sharp. Can I say one thing? I kind of like the under in that game. Looking ahead, 
Think about it. Mets are probably not going to score big off Braxton Garrett. And the Marlins off of off Carrasco. Than... Yeah. Yeah. What did oh, I say? Yeah. 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 We're good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're mixing up our, we're mixing up our wordings right here. But what I was saying is that I don't think that the Mets are going to score big time off Braxton Garrett. I think it's a good streamer. But then on the other side, the Marlins offense has been struggling, especially without Jazz Chisholm, now without Jorge Soler. They yep. still are getting good production from a guy like John Birdie and JD Martinez Light, aka Garrett Cooper. But you go towards the bottom of this Marlins offense, and it looks like a triple-A team. So I'm really looking at the under in that game as well. There, if I'm looking for the under, I do like Braxton Garrett, especially 0.7% of leagues. Where else are you getting that on fantasy streamers? You're not getting that. All right, Pete, let's break into Rookie of the Year candidates because the NL Rookie of the Year race is heating up, and we'll start there. Because beginning of the season, man, you looked at this race and it was really a two-man race, maybe a one-man race with Seiya Suzuki, you know, plus 200, I think, plus 250. O'Neill Cruz was behind him. And things have really, really changed as we've progressed through this season. So I'm just going to break it down for you. Michael Harris is at the top of this list now at plus 300 to win. He's hitting 293 with five home runs, six stolen bases in 37 games. And he's provided beyond elite defense five outs above average in center field so far he's told 1.5 war in that 37 game span and he's playing a pivotal role in this braves resurgence peep they have the sixth best record in the league now they're 23 and 7 in their last 30 games and they're you know really really close to overtaking the mets here soon man with the way they've been playing then you go down the list a little bit. O'Neill Cruz is second in odds right now at plus 400. He was way down this list at one point because they just wouldn't call him up. But in 16 games since being called up, he's hitting just 200 with three home runs and a stolen base. We've seen, you know, the electricity that he brings to the game, right? He throws 100 across the diamond practically. I don't know if it's that hard, but it is hard. It's like 95, 96 across the diamond. We've seen him hit 114, 115 off the bat already. But... You can tell he's just not really a ready approach wise. 31% K rate and 3% walk rate are really concerning. Then you go down the list a little bit further. Spencer Strider is at plus 500. Strider, this is the one I'm targeting, Pete. Strider has pitched like an ace this season, man. He has a 2.87 ERA, a 2.9 X ERA, and a 2.00 FIP in 59 and two thirds innings. And at the beginning of the season, he was a, you know, a long reliever. Now he's been turned into a starter in seven starts, 3.31 ERA, a 2.4 FIP, 53 Ks, and just 12 walks in 35 innings. His slider has a 55% whiff rate. That is the seventh highest in all of baseball and the highest among all starting pitchers above Corbin Burns, above Blake Snell, above even Edwin Diaz, who has one of the craziest sliders in the game. Spencer Strider is above him in slider whiff rate. We've seen how good that fastball is up in the zone. The one concern with Strider, you know, could be that he doesn't have the longevity yet. He pitched 90 innings in 2021, but I think he should be able to push 130 innings this season. Then you go down the list a little bit. I'll touch on two more and then I'll throw it back over to you. Give me your thoughts. But Mackenzie Gore plus 700. This guy was plus 400 plus 300 a few weeks ago but really, really struggled these last few weeks. Walks have been his downfall. He's walked 22 batters in his last 36 innings pitch and has a four ERA over that span. Finally, Pete, your pick to win. I actually bet on him at probably the worst time, say a Suzuki at plus 1,000. 
At one time, Suzuki was minus 220 to win this award after that electric start of the season, but he had a fall from grace, an injury, and has just now returned. So he returned on the 4th of July, and he's four for nine since coming off the IL. I still think there's a possibility here for Seiya Suzuki to rebound and get back into this race, right? We're, we're just now getting to the halfway mark, not even yet. And I think there's still time for him to rebound. He'll be a fourth in this order. Pete, I'm going to throw it over to you. Which pick do you like? I have mine, but I want to hear from you first. Two things. One, we are recording right in the middle of the Cardinals versus Braves game. Spencer Schreider has thrown two innings. How many strikeouts do you think he has? Five. Six. He is so electric. And I said this pre-recording, and I want your thoughts live. I think he reminds me of Carlos Rodon from the right side. That type of electricity. And remember, Carlos Rodon can sometimes tail off with the velocity. But when Carlos Rodon is on 97-98 with that bender of a slider, you know, maybe Strider is more similar to Hunter Green with the 101-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, in that crazy slider too. But that's the type of bravado. If we're talking thighs, Colby, Carlos Rodon and Spencer Strider stand alone. That's I, I get similar types of energy from those two guys as well as the fastball-slider combo. I love Schreider. I think he has a great shot at winning it. I also think Michael Harris should be the front runner right now. But like I've said throughout the year, it is no knock on Michael Harris. I just think he is going to go through lulls offensively. He is still a great defender, clearly. And he should be the front runner right now. But he is not the person I would put my money on. Here's the second thing I was going to say. Because I did recently put money on Seiya Suzuki. I bet him again, but I bet him at plus 1300. And now he has gone down to plus a thousand plus 1100 on some books. This guy is still, in my opinion, the most major league ready rookie that we have in the national league. Seiya Suzuki is slashing 257, 353 with a 473 slugging. He's got a war at almost one, and he's only played 44 games. My thinking with Seiya Suzuki, if he stays healthy, he will end this season still as one of the best offensive rookies at the position. I really do think he could be the best offensive rookie at this position, because even in the lulls of lulls that he's gone through, still, that's a pretty damn good slash line. And we saw the electricity come to fruition early. Then he got hurt a little bit. He's going to make another adjustment because he's a professional hitter. I still think Seiya Suzuki has as much of a chance of winning the NL Rookie of the Year as any of these guys. And he was my pick at the beginning of the year at plus 380. I held. I didn't double down until I, he saw that he was returning from injury. Plus 1,300. I still do like it. I'm not going to lie to you, Colby. I really like it too, Pete. I think the value is high there. And I think you're spot on that this race is any man's race still. I don't think that Michael Harris at plus 300 is a guarantee at all to win this award. He's the front runner, but that doesn't mean that he's going to win it. But, you know, you could go two weeks from now and Michael Harris could be at plus 600 and someone, this is a race that has been constantly evolving and changing and people have been moving in and out of that number one spot constantly. 
And I think you're right, Pete. I think for the value, say a Suzuki could make the jump from plus a thousand to plus five hundred to plus two fifty pretty pretty quick here. Um, I think my pick right now has to be Spencer Strider. I think your comp of Rodon is spot on. They they both attack guys with fastball and slider. I also want to shout out Christian Javier because he's doing the same thing and succeeding. And it's really cool to see the evolution of guys that can just attack batters with a well-located fastball in the upper nineties. And they just attack up in the zone with really, really good off-speed hard sliders. And it's, it's breaking the game. Like what we once, you know, identified as relievers are now becoming and proving that they can pitch for five to six, seven innings. And it's really impressive. I like Spencer Strider plus 500. I think that's my official pick right now, but I think I'm also going to sprinkle on your plus a thousand with say Suzuki right now, because the value is just too high there. He's too good. He's too good of a player for that value to be that low. Let's talk about the American league though, because the American league is very interesting. But before we talk about the American league, I just want to remind everyone about prize picks of course it's been so much fun doing all these twitter spaces every single day around 2 30 to 3 p.m eastern usually lasts an hour to an hour and a half we collab as a baseball community to make the best prize picks lineup possible what is a prize picks lineup talking mlb player props for example we have Cattell martes over in fantasy we have why don't i just pull it up for the people right now let me just go through it real quickly because I love it, and I want to see if it wins after this. We have Aloy Jimenez over a half run in RBI in that White Sox lineup against Bo Brisky. We have Trevor Williams over three and a half strikeouts against the Miami Marlins. Logan Webb under five and a half hits against the San Diego Padres. Cattell Marte's over fantasy score, and Austin Riley's over fantasy score, which he already has two points because he already got on with a walk. And the great part about prize picks is if we get four out of those five picks, we double our money. If you were to put those five picks on another book and you hit four or five, you lose. Great thing about even three out of five, you can get 60% of your money back. So if you want to play along with us, use code JUSTBASEBALL in order to get a full deposit match. Might as well use some free money to play along with us, and it's so much fun. Let's talk about the American League. Right now, Julio Rodriguez is minus 275 to win AL Rookie of the Year. Will he win it? Probably, but I have a pick later in this. Let's talk about Julio Rodriguez for a second because he's making history. He was the fastest player in the modern era to get 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases in his first 81 games. And guess what? Stole another bag. Now he's got 21. The guy is slashing 277 with a 336 on base percentage, 487 slugging. But again, it's not just about the power. It's not just about the speed. He has proven he can play a legit center field, which is incredibly impressive. Julio Rodriguez was my number one prospect at the beginning of the season because I looked at that offensive profile and I thought to myself, that's just a taller Acuna. And that's exactly what he's delivering. But he's actually out-delivered what I thought he could be. Because at the same time, me calling him my number one prospect 10 years from now, I said that he wouldn't be ready because he's 21 years old. And I even undersold him. That is how phenomenal this young player is. Julio Rodriguez, we may look at the end of the season and say, Colby, Name 10 players better than Julio Rodriguez, and we might not be able to do it. That's I think you're absolutely right. Before you go into the next guy, let me touch on that because I think you're right, Pete. 
Julio Rodriguez is not just a rookie of the year candidate right now. He is a full-blown MVP candidate. And I got a cool stat before you get into the next one. Julio Rodriguez won his second straight AL Rookie of the Month last month, being the first Mariner to do so since Ichiro. But the next stat is even cooler. Rodriguez also became the second rookie since 1994 to have 10-plus home runs and 20-plus stolen bases in a season. You want to know who the other guy to do that? Mike Trout. Pretty good player, right? If you want more stats like that, go to JB Stats Info on Twitter. We're posting cool just baseball stats and info all the time. Pete, I'll let you continue. So then the race gets a little bit thinner, but there's still, in my opinion, a lot of value here. Because Jeremy Pena plus 550 is up next. And Jeremy Pena, you know, he's not the most offensively gifted player in the world but he's still a pretty good offensive player. And the only reason I say that is because the glove does not need to be spoken for. He's already one of the best defensive infielders in the American league. So we know that straight away. That's why the war totals are so high, but they then at the end of the day, it's in 270, 320 on base percentage. That's the only thing he doesn't get on base that much, but if we're talking power, he's got 12 bombs. He's got nine doubles. Only six stolen bases. When I say only, it's because we're comparing him to guys like Bobby Witt Jr. and Julio Rodriguez. But he really is a very sound player. And it's kind of incredible that the Astros just said, you know what? I mean, we don't really need Correa because we just have Correa Light right now who could be, you know, you right know, I don't there, want to get I crazy. No, I don't want to get crazy. I, I, here, I don't but... think you're being crazy to, to say that that Jeremy Pena does have superstar potential because he absolutely does with a glove that good. He already has 2.5 war this season, Pete. If you're putting up close, if you're on pace to put up five war in your rookie season, oh my God. Oh my God. Also, two and a third inning for Spencer Strider, seven strikeouts. He just is <laughs> over strikeout prop in two and one third. He's struck out every single batter that he's gotten out. He is so crazy good. All right, but let's continue because Bobby Wood Jr. is up next at plus 1100. And I want to talk about Bobby Wood Jr. in a minute, but I'll just go over some of the stats for you because right now he's slashing 236, 286, 444. So the bat to ball hasn't been great, but he's got 16 doubles. He's got 12 bombs, five triples, and he's got 12 stolen bases. In outs above average, and this is where, correct me if I'm wrong, outs above average does not like him very much. It's fine. When I watch him, he looks like a phenomenal defender. And you're laughing because apparently Colby has thrown what I see on the field out the window. What I see is a great defensive shortstop and at least moving forward. But to that point, I'd like to say outs above average, he is only in the 18th percentile, so they don't like him as much as I do with my eyes. What have you seen with your eyes, Colby? Because I know you watch a lot of baseball. Come on. (laughs) I don't like to grade defense at shortstop with the eye test. Um, The problem with that, and I think you can, it's easier to grade guys in in center field or in the outfield um, because you can kind of see the routes they're taking and, you know, see the speed that they're displaying. It can be quite difficult to grade guys at shortstop, especially, you know, I'll give, I'll give the Jarek Jeter example. I'll give the Xander Bogarts example, right? Guys that don't have elite range at shortstop can make routine plays sometimes look incredible when really they didn't need to be incredible, right? And I think that's something that you could see from Bobby Witt at, at shortstop. But I think 
Bobby Witt has also played a good amount at third base this year and has looked good over there. Um, I think that's probably a more natural position for him, but there's no reason for him not to play shortstop. Do you think right he's a good defender? Career. I think he has the potential to be. I think he definitely has the potential to be, but currently at shortstop, he he's a bit you know over his head, and I think his range is a little bit lacking. It's interesting. I completely disagree, but let's move on. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Stephen Kwan. Actually, can't talk about Stephen Kwan, even though Stephen Kwan's um, overall batted ball profile and overall his stats are near the top of the rookie of the year rankings. But right now, Adley Rutschman is at plus 2,200. Colby, I could you know, give you a bunch of stats about Adley Rutschman right now, but at the end of the day, I won't be betting on him at plus 2,200. Is there anything that you want to add about Adley Rutschman before we talk about Joe Ryan? Because Joe Ryan has had a great start to the year, but we were talking in that prize picks Twitter space that he was actually displaying the lowest velocity after coming back from an injury. So he is someone that I am watching, definitely not betting on, but also has had a great start to the season. Yeah, I... I don't really see much value down at the bottom of this board, Pete, even if you go a little bit further, obviously Riley green made his debut, but I expect Riley green to, you know, not, not break the world in his debut. I think he'll be just fine. He'll take his walks. He'll put the ball in play, but I don't think he's going to display the power right away to catch a Julio Rodriguez or a Jeremy Pena here. I like MJ Melendez. I really like him as a player and he's played really, really well so far. This is a guy that, you know, at his peak is going to be, or right now even is striking out 20% of the time, walking 15% of the time, displaying above average power. This is a guy that led all of minor leagues with 39 home runs last year. So he has elite power from the catching position. I actually like him. If you're going to bet on a catcher, I like betting on Melendez over Rutschman right now, but I just don't see much value outside of, you know, I, I actually had Pena coming into the year at plus 1200 and then about a month into the season, I live bet on Julio Rodriguez to kind of hedge the Jeremy Pena bet as well at plus 450 at the time. And so now that looks really, really good as a hedge. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just hard to believe that anyone is going to beat Julio Rodriguez, who since May 1st has a 162 WRC plus, is playing great defense in center field, is, you know, impacting the Mariners, man. They've, they're 18 and 12 in their last month. They just went on a big win streak. They're definitely not in it, but they're on the cusp. They're like fluttering about back there, but I know you're going to give a pick. So give your, give your guy. Spencer Strider has nine strikeouts through three. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> he's shoving nine strikes. He's striking out every batter that he's gotten out. Okay. But that's just that. I mean, I'm just watching this game with the side. He is, he is, just, he's crazy. He is so crazy. I think his odds are going to jump after we even finish this podcast. That's not fair. Like I gave him a plus 500 plus 250 no, not, tomorrow. No, now he's minus 800. Like after the, after he struck out nine batters in three innings, now he's minus 900. Okay. I'm not saying you should do this person listening. Appreciate you by the way, for listening to not gambling advice. But here's what I did. A couple days ago, saw Bobby Witt make a diving play. You know what I thought to myself? Well, I looked at these stats, and all I'm hearing is Julio Rodriguez is the best player of all time. And he looks like one of those types of guys. You know, he's on his way, right? 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases, the quickest, quickest ever. And now he's minus 275. He's a lock to win it, right? Nothing's a lock in baseball, Colby. And you know who's really, really good and really undervalued, in my opinion? And isn't that far off from Julio Rodriguez, in my opinion? Bobby Wood Jr., plus 1,100. 
I got him at plus 1,200. I really like this pick because if we're looking at narratives, right, you just talked about the Mariners, 18 and 12. Yeah. Do we think the Mariners are going to make the playoffs? Probably not. Do we think the Royals are going to make the playoffs? Probably not. The, that sort of narrative of him leading them to the playoffs, in my opinion, is null and void. If we're talking about this crazy 15 home runs, 20 stolen base, it's amazing. I'm not trying to discount that at all. But Bobby Wood Jr. is at 12 home runs and 12 steals. Not that far off. He's played five less games and has more extra base hits than Julio Rodriguez. Same amount of doubles. He has three more triples and he has three less home runs. So he actually has the same amount of extra base hits. He has one less RBI. He's been caught stealing less. He has almost as many walks and he has less strikeouts. I think, and the expected stats would point to this as well, that Bobby Witt Jr. is only going to get better and better and better. And this is also a line play. You have Julio Rodriguez at minus 275 versus Bobby Witt Jr. at plus 1,200, plus 1,100, whenever you can get it. I would take it at, like, really, where I think this line should be is right next to Jeremy Pena, in my opinion. Around plus 550, maybe plus 600 in that sort of range. So to get this type of value on Bobby Witt Jr., Maybe is it because I have a little bit of extra coin because we've been insanely hot lately. We've won eight out of the last nine days in our straight bets and I was feeling a little risky. Yeah, that's why I'm not saying you should go and do this. What I am saying is I did it and I'm having a great time, Colby. You're shaking your head. You're about to disagree with me again. (laughs) All I got to say is eight of the last nine winning days. I I can read the board a little well. I I, I get that. I get that. I get that. But- from where I'm standing, Pete, and I'll, I'll free, I'll, I could go on a monologue, give you all the stats, which I'm probably going to do anyways. <laughs> but would you rather have, say, a Suzuki at plus 1,000 or Bobby Witt Jr. at plus 1,100, knowing that Julio Rodriguez, unless he gets hurt, is likely going to win this award? I'd rather have Seiya. And I put more money on Seiya. Okay, fair. I just wanted to hear you say that because I, I agree true. with you. I agree. No, remember, this was a sprinkle. I just saw it and I'm like, you know what? Wrinkle. I'm hearing too much now. I'm hearing too much. When I hear too much, I want to look the other way. It's a lotto ticket. I'll say fair enough. But just look at, at the end of the day. Though. Hold on. At the end of the day, it's still Bobby Witt Jr. Do we remember when he was ranked the number one prospect in baseball? Consensus. over Like, we remember that, right? We remember that Bobby Wood Jr. is freaking electric. We remember that. I want us to not forget that Bobby Wood Jr., if we're talking about a prospect looking forward, could win an MVP and will be a perennial all-star. That's what we're dealing with, and he's only going to get better. And it's not just, again, my eyesight telling me that, but my eyesight does tell me that. But it's the expected stats, too. What are we talking about? It's not the expected stats because, because... Right now, Bobby Wood Jr., 312 Woba, 324 X Woba, very much aligned. If you go throughout the year, since June 1st, he has a 107 WRC plus. Since May 1st, all the way back to May 1st, that's a pretty big sample, 116 WRC plus. If you go over to Jeremy Pena on the year, 
So just on the year for Bobby Witt, 236, 286, 444. That's a 101 WRC+. Plus. Jeremy Pena right now has a 127 WRC+. Plus. He's playing much better defense at shortstop. Has more than one win above Bobby Witt currently. And then if you go even crazy, right, I mentioned Julio Rodriguez, 162 WRC plus since May 1st. The guy's on a freaking tear. You don't need me to hear, you don't need to hear more about Julio Rodriguez. I just think that right now, Jeremy Pena is really, really winning the battle. If Julio Rodriguez were to get hurt, he's the man. Here's my prediction, Colby. Bobby Wood Jr. has the best second half of any American League rookie. <laughs> we'll see. We'll can see. We, can we? we bet on that? Can we bet on that? Um, how would we bet on it? We could do war. We could do WRC plus. Um, uh, well, I already put my money on Bobby Witt Jr. So what am I going to double down on a sprinkle? I it's, it's a sprinkle. Like I said, I'm not going crazy with this. I like say better. I gave you the pitch for say better. I'm already on say it's a sprinkle. But I won't force your hand sprinkle. on that bet. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but we can bet something small. Um, what should we bet? We'll think about it offline, and then we'll come to you guys with the, at the next episode of right, not we're writing that down. We're writing it down because I do think that Bobby Wood Jr. is due for a big second half. I just love this kid. I I can't I can't I can't get behind this guy more really than Bobby Wood Jr. Because when I was saying Julio Rodriguez is my number one prospect at the beginning of the year, it was like I think Julio Rodriguez could be a multiple time MVP, and I think when he doesn't win, Bobby Wood Jr. is going to win the MVP. Yeah, yep. like that's how good I think Bobby Wood Jr. is too. And then for me, it was Adley Rutschman as a clear third, but still Adley Rutschman has a shot at being one of the best catchers in baseball. And I think he will be at one point in his career. That's how good this rookie class is. And that'll do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice. Hopefully everybody has a great weekend. Remember, use code just baseball if you want to play along with us for prize picks and join me on Twitter every single day around 2.33 p.m. Eastern for our Twitter prize pick spaces. What is surprising me, Colby, right now, um, we're on the brave spread, is that Matthew Libertor has thrown three shutout innings against the Atlanta Braves, which is very nice to watch. He's a, he's a third guy for the order. Like, yeah, he's a third Get guy. him to the fourth and fifth inning. We'll see what happens. Because I don't. I think bad things happen in the fifth inning, Peter. We know this. We do like, know The this. amount of first five bets we've taken this year, we know bad things happen in the fifth inning. Pete, I just want to mention one more guy because our Pittsburgh Pirates faithful out there is probably going to be pissed if we don't mention him. Jack Sawinski. Has really shocked this year. I don't think he's going to win at a rookie of the year, but second in home runs, 14, 14 bombs, 118 WRC plus. He's playing a really, really fine corner outfield right there. I mean, he's just that Hunter Renfro esque. I know he's a lefty, but he's Hunter Renfro esque, a lot of power and yeah, exciting guy. Pirates have just a really exciting future because they have more guys coming up the pipe. So like I said, use code just baseball on prize picks. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with more fantasy advice as well as some not gambling advice. So with that, thank you everybody.